and welcome to another Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. As much as I enjoyed this film. And this film was... Carry On Jungle. <laughs> you enjoyed it so much you've forgotten what it's called. Carry oh, On yeah, Up The Jungle. four different names at the beginning. Yes, Carry On Up The Jungle. Carry On Up The Jungle. Yes, so you enjoyed it? I really did. Right. Why did you enjoy it so much? Because, well, I think it got back to its roots of what a carry-on film should be. Oh. In in the sense that it's quite a small cast. They're in one location. There's a couple of storylines, but generally they all came together in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it had good people. I'm surprised I didn't mess Kenny. You I didn't, think, yes, you didn't. Ask I, I barely William. noticed that he wasn't there. Ah. I noticed that it, I noticed Hawtrey wasn't there until quite a long mm-hmm. way into the film. But um, and Kenneth Connor's back. Oh, that was that was the big reaction at the beginning yeah. was that Kenneth Connor was back. Yeah, and so the triumphant return of Kenneth Connor or but, the um, where have been? Loss of Butterworth. Yeah. You can't have both. You can't well. I think they both would play very similar roles mm-hmm. in these kind of films. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not sure who's better. I might, I mean, it, I think it's one of these things that he became a sort of legend because we haven't seen him in the so, so I think in my mind I hyped him up as better than he was mm-hmm. because he was a bit vanilla, I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was quite an, un- uh, no. It was quite an underwritten part, I Yes, thought. there wasn't a huge amount in it. But then I wonder if if Peter Butterworth had played that part. It would have been would more. Would he have made more of yeah. it? And yeah. And I wonder if there's a bit of that, a touch of that to Yeah, Yes, I can imagine that. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so, but you don't think, you don't think a film could, could stand both Butterworth and Connor? Well, they all, the, the roles in these things is often one or the other could do them. Mm-hmm. So... Though I think, I mean, Kenneth Connor can do more of the sexy man role, but I don't think Butterworth oh, could do. Oh, that's true, that's true. So maybe. you could have had mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to see if there is a film with both of them in, mm-hmm. how, 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 that, that pans out, how that pans out, and how out. the dynamic between the two of them would be. Oh, that's, I see. That's quite, whether mm-hmm. they would see each other as competition. Mm-hmm. Or whether they just jail together and, and get on. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I suppose it's a bit like um, Charles Hawtrey and Kenneth Williams yeah. have similar characters. Yeah. But they've still both been in the film without mm-hmm. it being too many of the same. Too much but you do same. tend to get Williams as the sort of um, more authority figure yeah. than Hawtrey. Yes. Um, There's a king in this one, but, you know, it wasn't. Authority. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I I was interested in in your reaction or lack of reaction to Hawtrey in this. Well, do you know what I love when he, you know, normally I laugh when he just When he arrives, yeah. And it's probably the best entrance he's ever had, I think. Well, he wasn't walking. He didn't portray the physical humour in his arrival in the way that I enjoy. Hawtrey must walk. Yes, or shuffle. You know how the way he kind of... Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, like an animal in, like, eager and jumping at you. Oh. Which you didn't get when he was being carried in like that. That's interesting. I think so. Very interesting. 
So, um, so yes, Sorry. no, I liked it. Now, no, previously, mm-hmm. Terry Scott has not been my favourite. All right, yes. I loved him in this. <sighs> as, as, as Tarzan. Oh, don't mention Tarzan. He's under copyright. <laughs> he was Jungle Boy. <laughs> He was Jungle Boy, that's why it no wasn't... No similarity at all, not even in the call. No, that's why it wasn't Carry On Tarzan. Oh. Uh, obvious. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like a Scarlet Pimpernel. It's like, yes. oh, yes. copyright, copyright. So, so he was Jungle Boy, but you liked him. I liked him. He was much more funny. I think because he was um, non-literate mm-hmm. or non-verbal or Non-verbal to begin with. Um, he had a lot of physical humour, which mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed. And he right. hasn't had so much of that in the past mm-hmm. well I suppose he's been monsters and things haven't they yeah, no not quite no but um, he, he was he had the sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing oh yeah that, that's special. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no I, I he's, he's turned a corner in, in my ah. mind and I'm almost seeing him as one of the uh, core carry-ons now oh. which is interesting well, we're going to mention what we watched after the film. Yes, yeah, so after we watched the film, we watched the um, uh, film night programme from 1970 called Carry On Forever, which was a short documentary about the carry on. 20 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes or so. It's on the BBC iPlayer at the moment. Um, and um, it's filmed on the set of uh, Carry On Up the Jungle. And it has some interviews with, with the cast. Interviews with the too. cast of Up the Jungle, yeah. So in that we saw that Terry Scott was, in fact, in the first one, which completely passed yeah, me by. Well, we did we did speak about it in the first one, because, you know, he was... Oh, yeah, no, I recognised him, yeah. But he only had, like, three lines. Yeah. Uh, in, but I'd forgotten that, because uh-huh. he disappeared for so long. So yeah. now I see him as, as one of the core. Right. And, you know, obviously Joan was brilliant, because she always okay. is. Uh-huh. And I've written, even Frankie is warming uh-huh. to me. I mean, I, he wasn't quite so much himself. Well, he was himself, but he wasn't at odds with the rest of the film in the same way he has been in the past. Interesting that you mention that because he, there was some, you know, Tension. nervousness oh. about casting him in in that role, um, and and he got wind of this that Gerald Thomas, the director, was concerned about it, mm. and he wrote him a letter saying, "When I'm on a film with a director, the director's in charge." And if you want Frankie Howard, you'll get Frankie Howard. But if you don't want Frankie Howard, there's yep. more to me than that. And, you know, That's I'll behave myself. And I think he gener- genuinely he did. Yeah. did. It was, he wasn't, there was a couple of moments when he was a bit Frankie, but, but enough, you know, not so much but that he, he didn't was taken over. ad lib. I mean, not like that Christmas special, which was obviously given a lot of freedom yes. to be uh, passing comments and, and things that, that on the film itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so yeah, he did rein it in, and obviously... Um, Interestingly, the Christmas special was actually filmed after this film. Oh, right. So I kind of wonder if... Maybe Are you they, doing it in release date or something? It, yeah, yeah, it was shown before, though. Um, but, so I wonder if he kind of got... They therefore gave him the Christmas special and let him be himself in the Christmas special as a kind of thank you yeah. for doing so well. Because I thought he was actually very good yeah. in this. Um, I think I might still prefer Kenny, though. Is that role? Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Although so what, apparently, what's the story? Why was Kenny not doing it? Well, Kenny was offered a role. Mm-hmm. He was offered Tonka, the Charles Hawtrey role. Which I, to be honest, think he would 
fit better than Charles Hawtrey mm, would. But I don't know. Then um, what role would Charles Hawtrey have? Well, they weren't that bothered about Charles Hawtrey yeah. not being in the film. Um, but he turned it down because it was too small. Now, given that he would have got his money anyway... And he always it's moaned about, about the pride. It. All these guys are about. I know, the pride. but but you can somebody who moaned about the money and the time and everything. It's like, well, here you go. Okay, that would be a short time mm-hmm. and the same money. Well, that's interesting. What Sid James says because he was very in down the to it in the documentary uh, that um, they film so quickly that you, you you're not you get a lot of money for the time you're putting in. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically that's what he's there for. Mm-hmm. And he is he plays himself in every part, so it's mm-hmm. really easy work. For yeah. <laughs> I thought the interesting thing that he said was about, um, I'm not a comedian like these other guys. Yeah. I'm just a reactor, and occasionally I get to bat one back, and that's all I do. Um, but it was it, even okay, even Gerald Thomas was quite open about it's a formula. It's yeah. the same guys playing the same parts, um, and you know people love it, and you know, but none, nobody's irreplaceable. You know, we yes. can we can rotate them We like to have around. the same back again, uh-huh. but we don't. Yes, n- none of them are. Um, mm-hmm. But they all spoke very fondly yeah. about the about the productions in a way that perhaps if we watch other later documentaries we might see them not speaking quite so fondly about. Mm. Um, yeah, and the other the other um, casting change was Terry Scott wasn't meant to be he wasn't considered to be Jungle Boy to begin with. Oh, who was meant to be Jim Dale? Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Where's he gone? Well, he wouldn't take John away. He kind of felt, no, this is a bit below me now. Kind of, I'm basically non-verbal uh, in the whole thing. Okay. I'm the romantic lead. Um, he was also getting more offers in America. Yeah. Where he went and made a big career. So, Did he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's not hold that necessarily against him. And as you say, I think Terry Scott was very good. Yeah. And, but Not just very good, but also for a man who was 43 when this he was, was made... Yeah, he was quite in, quite in in a bit of shape there, wasn't he? Yeah, bit of shape. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, he was putting his best chest forward. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I. But I, you wonder, given that you know he wasn't, they're made fast, uh, and he wasn't supposed to be in the role. That must have been just the way yeah, he was. It wasn't like he had time to, to beef you know, up, work out, or anything. No. He was just like that. Hairy man's a happy man. Oh, hairy, hairy man's a happy man. Hairy wife's a witch, as they say. Now, I thought to begin Tony with... Tony says that. <laughs> uh, my said it, so it must be true. Um, I thought that to begin with, there isn't a lot of story. Okay, it's, you're straight into the story without any introduction. Well, they have this sort of slideshow. Yeah, but then we're right into it. There's no real introduction to the characters to begin with. No. And I wonder... And why that... they were there came a lot later on. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, with some, I thought, a little bit of um, strange continuity there because um, there they are at dinner. They start speaking about why they're there as if they've never met before. No, we've never met them before. But they've been together for two weeks, a thousand, thousand miles. miles in two weeks. Yeah, seemed a bit, uh, seemed a bit odd. That I love the fact they dressed up for dinner though. And, and, and the guys were meant to have carried beds along for them and yes. stuff. It, 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 I mean, I think. The carry-ons do often hark back to a, an imperial time, mm-hmm. and it seems to fit well together mm-hmm. um, in a in a fond way, which maybe I should be more uncomfortable with, but I'm not. And I wonder if it's maybe because 
you know, you know, even if you haven't read or seen a lot of films that are set in with explorers in a jungle, yeah, in colonial times, you know the kind of things that happen. Yeah. So this is the funny version of that. Yeah. You know, so so you you're kind of at ease immediately, not just with that, but I mean, it's it's Sid and it's Frankie Howard and it's Joan Sims and Kim. We we know what we're up to. That's Hattie James. Oh, happy Jake. She only seems to get called back to be the matron these days. Yeah. But she could have at least been an ugly woman. Oh, no, the lubby dubby. Lubby dubby, is that what they're called? The, uh, the female tribe, the lubby dubbies. Lubby dubbies. Mm-hmm. Right. There wasn't much set. Set? Well, no, it was in the jungle. I know, but previous films we've had some big shots with crowds and mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. I mean, this was really quite small cast, quite mm-hmm. a small enclosed area. It was almost like a play. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And um, I don't think it lacked There was quite it. a lot of the lobby dubbies, the women. Yes, and they were shots down to their mm-hmm. village, actually. That's true. I, I kind of wrote I that think comment the shot down to their village might have been a... Yes, I know. <laughs> might have been a stock footage. I know, I know. I, I wrote that comment before we hit that mm-hmm. bit, but... Uh, I think that we, we're now are we kind of in, a, in the position of saying, where's the money going? Where's the money going? Did it go perhaps on the pool and the waterfall? Yeah. That's quite an elaborate maybe. set. I think it's also just, we've had some, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger in the past. Mm. But I think this is better for the, the type of film it is. Mm-hmm. I think, again, it makes you feel it's getting back to its roots. It's what we loved about the, the other films. Like Carry On Regardless, which, you know, is quite high up there in my fondness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they had that room that was the office and the car parky bit outside. And mm-hmm. most of it was done there. And I just think that works well. You're wanting the characters. You're not wanting big sets to distract you or, or anything mm-hmm. like oh, that. Right, so okay. so I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I did notice it. Okay. Um, shall we talk about... The laughs. Yes. You got plenty out of it. Stop beating about the bush is one of the uh, uh, one of the titles. titles. I, I enjoyed that. that. You quite liked. I always like a bush joke. I wonder, do you feel that they kind of have stopped beating about the bush because there was a pretty much all the jokes in this were to do with sex. But I don't know. I think maybe we've just been so blatant these days in in our television. It was in still these days, today, yes, today, right today. Now, the 21st century. It's still, even though they were blatantly about sex, it was just the right side of not actually saying it. Joan Sims had a snake upper. Well, you say it was upper chuff. I say it was upper in a thigh. Do you, or do you think? But then she seemed worried about the consequences of a snake. Uh, well, I, I, I thought that too. It's like she's talking about the snake that was. Upper, but then I, I wonder if that was, that was just to get a gag in about it went like this, and she moved her arm back and forward, and fingers. That's a Vin screen viper. That's one of my favourites. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. But um, yeah, so I don't like the idea of it being upper, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to stick with my inner thigh issue. Okay. So um, <laughs> yes, I know, I know, but that's still not actually talking. But at the end, the, the men were basically being used as sex slaves I by know. the lobby dubbies. I know. Well, we'll get on to it. It was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Let's go to laughs. Yes, sorry. Um, so, so the next one was Frankie. Hey. Sorry. Well, I was driving. Oh yes, you're driving that. So the first, one, I mean, these might not be necessarily in order. Well, see, that's. Yeah, I know I don't do it right. Work with my OCD mind. I know. I'm going to read the ones I've written down. Right. When Frankie Howard was in the tent after ogling Joan Sims in the mm-hmm. shower, and he wanted to calm himself. And so he picked up a bottle and he says, and it said, easing stiffness. Well, that, that's, that'll do. And he took it. So I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Just the basic expected, but I still thoroughly enjoyed Kenneth Connor falling out of the tree next to the, the gorilla. gorilla. Incredibly well done. Very well done. For the first sort of gag that he got back yeah. after all this time, the way he felt, the way he said, he said to the girl, excuse me a moment, and then yes. fell out of the tree. <laughs> oh, super. I was like, yeah, that's why we, that's why we, that's what we've missed. That's what we've Yeah, missed. no one else, I mean, Bernard Butterworth wouldn't have, Peter um, Butterworth. Peter Butterworth wouldn't have done that. No, he's not him. quite as physical. No. As, uh, as Kath. I mean, Kenneth Connor does the face as well better mm-hmm. and all. I think I might prefer him over Butterworth. We might mm-hmm. change back over this discussion. Yeah. Um, now I've got, Displays more than that as the joke. That is, he sleeps in his vest. Oh yes, <laughs> it uh, displays. It shows individuality. individuality. It shows a lot more than that. Yes. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an exchange between uh, jo- Joan and Frankie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got heads away bodies. That's Professor Frinkle tries to explain snakes. Oh no no no! no. Giraffes. Why are their oh, necks so long? Because yeah, their heads are so far away from their, their bodies. bodies. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to work out my writing. Frankie says... Relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't make it out. I think that might be the windscreen viper. No, it's just before the whiskey war. But then that's a bit about snakes. What are snakes? What do you think? What do you make of snakes? Well, you know, where are the, where, they just go from their head. They, they're all neck, basically. Oh, what, where are their doings? You were laughing. Oh, no, that. Where, are, where, yeah, where are their doings? That's what mm-hmm. this says. Um, that almost seemed kind of ad-libbed. Because mm-hmm. it, it was like a really strange and baggy in terms of yeah. the script. And that's but it obviously was, worked. Mm, it, yeah. It, it was I mean, I think there's probably he did a lot of that that was cut out. Possibly. And that just what worked, so they kept it mm, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he did something good, like in a rehearsal. Yeah. They said, oh, you carry on, and then he didn't quite make it on the, in, in the take. Um, and then Joan Sims saying, kindly remove your person from my person. Mm-hmm. Which is now become, become a, a way of rejecting you, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Him, uh, I think Frankie Howard saying, are you circumspect? Yes, I was. There's a baby. I was. Yes, it's okay. Um, I was as a baby, yeah. Um, now, I've just written down steward. Uh, yes. This oh, steward. Steward. I've got that written down as well. It's stone that, cold sober. Yeah, yeah. This is them being cooked in the pot. Oh, yes. Are you going to be? Uh, are we going to be stewed? No, we're going no, to be we'll stone cold sober. sober. That's, so that's when they're captured by the notches. Uh, notches. Sorry. Okay, this is cultural insensitivity. I presume we're going to speak about that at some point. Oh, yes. But 
is a good name, the Nauseous. And um, I hope you don't like stuffing when they're being cooked. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And, and just the like look stuffing. on, on uh, yeah. I think it was Frankie's face when yeah. he said that. And then when they were sex slaves. Yes. Um, and then they... Someone said something and then... I think this was Charles Hawtrey explaining the... Um, oh, and so What on. will happen. You'll get married to one today and then tomorrow it'll be a different one and so on and so on and so on. After two weeks, it would want sewing on. <laughs> yes. That was the closest that Charlie got to a laugh uh, today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's all I've got. Well, I've got a couple more that I think you laughed at. One was... Um, this was when... Came after kindly remove your person from my person mm-hmm. when uh, Claude Chumley Kenneth Connor had pounced on well accidentally Kenneth Connor's fallen character. on Kenneth Connor's character. Woo! Um, <laughs> drink your uh, take this off on your carry up the Mrs Bingo card now. Um, when Claude had accidentally fallen on top of. Lady Bagley, mm-hmm. but then decided that he would have a little go anyway. Mm-hmm. Were they out having a slash? Yeah, yes. When they were when they were relieving themselves in the jungle, um, and then Professor Trinkle found them, mm-hmm. and he admonished Kenneth Connor using only Frankie Howard type noises. Yes. And they're like, yeah. away! <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it was kind of the first point that I thought that you could, Kenneth Williams couldn't have done that. Because mm. that's Frankie Heller. Mm. Um, and I've also got Don't Faint Now written down. Who fainted? No, that was Sid James saying. Was it to Jackie, to Jackie Piper, who was June, when she came into his tent at night? Don't think, no. Yeah, no, I think it was, yeah, you you meant to do that afterwards. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. What did we think of um, Jackie Piper? I liked her. Mm-hmm. For all the new young ones that normally take a while for me to like, I liked her straight away. Mm, good. Um, interesting, because at, this, at the time this was made, this would have meant nothing, but that they kept getting Terry Scott to say June. I know. <laughs> in retrospect, it's, it's like a whole laugh that was never intended. I know. Uh, yeah. uh, what about the gorilla that speeds up film? Who speeds up film? Every time the gorilla attacked them, they did like undercranked film. Oh, so did they? they? Ran about like Tim no, Benny Hill. Okay. Um, so, what, what else have you got? Different time. It was a different time. It was a different time. Right. So, the casting. Right, right, here we go, the casting. <laughs> they did have some men of colour as extras, yes. which I would give them credit for because that's quite a, no- a, a new thing. Yeah. I mean, normally even the extras were blacked up. Yeah, in the past we have had blacked up extras, yes. Bernard Breslau was actually very good. As Upsy Daisy. As Upsy Daisy, which, you know, you, you have to put uh, in the night garden out of your head, but it's really hard. Although, oddly enough, in this film, where everyone was obsessed with sex, Upsy Daisy wasn't. Whereas in In the Night Garden, Upsy Daisy <laughs> is... It's a flirty one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to take... Blatant. I'm not going to say any more than flirty, because, you know, that's Yes, it's for children. Yeah. Um, so, but, in his blacking up, mm-hmm. A, it wasn't very good. There was patchy... patchy <laughs> was it? Okay, yeah. I thought it was quite good, but okay. Um, 
And his accent and the script, mm-hmm. I thought, was rather insensitive. Well, let me tell you about his script before you get on with this. Is The script was nonsense, um, but Bernard Breslau, off his own bat, worked out what the kind of things that his character was meant to be saying, worked out what the Swahili for those would be, and that is what he spoke in the film. Ah. Now, the problem was that the extras to whom he was speaking were all from the Caribbean rather than from Africa, so they had no idea what he was saying. Mm. But Sid James, who's from South Africa, worked out what he was doing, realised what he was doing, and said, good on you, Bernie, for doing that. So let's no, I didn't, I, take our hats off to Bernard Breslau and his attempt to be yeah, a bit, no, more, no, that is very a bit good. more sensitive than we might have otherwise. And I, I didn't really mean the foreign-speaking okay. elements. Um, I thought they were actually very right. good. I meant when he was speaking oh, the, pidgin English. The little plumisms, yeah. Yeah, I just, um, and the okie-dokiness of what they're saying to each other was a bit... Oh, well, that, but that was intentional. I quite liked that, that it was uh, Nicky Dookie. Nicky Nookie. Yeah. That's what they said to each other. But, uh, yes, I, I accept that. I, I wouldn't argue with, uh, with that. Um, am I gonna, are we going to categorise this in terms of black? But, mm-hmm. when we got to the Lumpa Lumpas, or whatever they were called... The Lubby Dubbies. Lubby Dubbies. No black women. Oh, they were... No, they were kind of like Polynesian types with dark hair. I'll give you that. But none were black. True. There was one uh, in the flashback scene when Charles Hawtrey was walking the baby that became Terry Scott. um, He came across a nosha and a nosha, the only nosha woman that we saw. Oh, that woman? Yeah. Well, there was two of them. No, I didn't didn't, didn't notice. Yeah. Oh so, yes, because they were because the idea was they were meant to be doing stuff. Yes, interrupted. Yes, okay. There was a black woman there, but you think with the whole village, they could have got more. Now I know the whole, whole concept was maybe their gene pool was quite shallow because it was Charles Hawtrey. Yes, um, <laughs> but but yeah, that was I did notice that the women had now because the thing I, I'm suggesting that might be uncomfortable is because the women in the story were meant to have sex with Charles Hawtrey and the, the other sex slaves. Mm-hmm. Is that a reason why it couldn't be black? Because no one would have expected a mixed race partnership. Or accepted a mixed race partnership. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, they had I, to I, be I, attracted yeah. to the sexy white women. I, I think you're overthinking that. I think if they were thinking... Along those lines, what they were, what they would be thinking is, all these women are Charles Hawtrey's daughters. Therefore, they will not be black. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they will not have. They will not look as though they have two black parents. Yeah. Okay. But then, when you start thinking along those lines, you start thinking, but wouldn't that mean that, that some of these women are his daughters? Are Charles Hawtrey's daughters? Okay, these women are Charles Hawtrey's daughters, and now they're going to have sex with Charles Hawtrey. Mm. Don't think about Troublesome. it too much. Oh, but, well, since we're thinking about that already, shall we talk about the um, Joan Sims almost snogs? Yes, I've written that down. Yes, that's... Uh... Troublesome. Troublesome. <laughs> she doesn't know it's her son. I know, but... It's a bit like, remember the storyline in the bill where one of the... Um, 
one of the long, I can't remember her name, the character's name, but like one of the long-standing female police officers in the bill, mm-hmm. uh, a new officer turned up, and it was actually the guy who played Mark Fowler from EastEnders. Oh, yeah. And they had a thing, and it was like, this is not appropriate because kid, he's half your age, and it turned out he was actually her son. Oh, I And did. they had actually, kid, they had had sex and stuff. Right. And there was a whole, I, I didn't watch this, I didn't watch you the just knew the but I knew it was going out, on, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, this is all a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yes, um. Sorry, we're on a different time. I know, I know. I've got just Sid James <laughs> reacting time. to, um, Joan Sims initially, you know, when she was, not even when she was at the shower, but before then. Mm-hmm. He woofed at her. Mm. In yes. a very animal-like way, mm-hmm. which, you know, I know I've got to accept that they're going to jeer at the women, but it was just a bit too basic yeah. that made me a bit uncomfortable. First, since Sid James's character was really supposed to be the protector of all mm-hmm. the other people. Um, now I can't make out my notes. It was... Something. I've got disgraceful... Oh, yes. No, this is what was quite funny. Um, the women had to carry the men because that was their... Oh, yes. And the outrage that Joan Sims has at that situation, <laughs> I just thought was, what? why should it be the other way around <laughs> in my feminist ways? You know, and the, I just, I just thought it was completely over the top to be completely outraged at the idea that a woman could do something a man could do. <laughs> And and it should be the other way around. Why should it be the other way around? Um, so yes, that that was quite funny. Um, the other thing that was um, a, a bit of my feminist when Charles Hawtrey was pushing the baby. Yes. And <laughs> the baby had a dirty nappy. A he was going to do nothing about it, and. B, it was all the mum's fault for not dealing with it before there was, they went out mm-hmm. and there's a chance that he might do something. And C, she was going to get a smack for yes, it. Yes, and, and you did feel that she was physically going to get a slap for, a yeah. slap for it, didn't you? Yeah, that was a bit uncomfortable as well. It was uncomfortable. Thank goodness we don't treat our mothers like that these days. Thank goodness. That makes it sound like that was sarcastic, and we actually do. I don't. You don't, honey. All right, good. But I think you're in a minority sometimes. <laughs> oh, what? You think most of them are being no, 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 domestic no. abuse? Not slapped, but expected right. to be responsible uh-huh. for all of the baby's doings. Well, I, I didn't get the I didn't get the impression that he wasn't going to do anything about it. Did he say anything that suggested he wasn't going to change the nappy? Yeah, I think it was. It was, and certainly later when Joan said she had found him, mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, that's good because he was in a terrible state." <laughs> As okay. if, you know. Yeah. But but no, I think there was a definite suggestion that he wasn't going to do okay. anything about it, and it was a shame because you're going to have to sit with that until we get back, and your mum can do something about it. It was kind of the, uh, the thing of it. So. Okay. Um, and I've just written something like throne mum time and I can't throne throne as in well no I don't know what that says alright oh, I don't know what that says no you're right it does say time 
So it was a different time? Was it a different That's what I've got. Have well, you what, got any other well, what did you think? A, no. No, I'm not for it as a different time. Um, well, what did you think of the story in general? Well, I thought it sort of is almost ringed familiar, or it was, it was, maybe it was so formulaic or, mm. or so traditional in the setting and things like that. Um, but I liked, I, I particularly liked the young girl going off and finding the, the man. Oh yes, and teaching him. Well, not just, and also getting her end off and all that, because she was, I don't know, it, I think maybe the feminist in me, she was kind of the lead in that mm-hmm. and um, doing everything that the men were doing back at the camp. So, I, I don't know. Um, I thought it was quite an interesting thing on that point about Joan Sims being attracted to, first of all, initially not liking any kind of attention from mm-hmm. the men and then quite liking it. Well, I thought she always liked it. Oh, did you? And then, but then, and then I thought. But she, she always liked it, but was conflicted with what was proper. Oh. Is kind of where I was I coming from. So she was either feigning or expecting herself to be resistant. Mm-hmm. But no, I think there was always a suggestion that she was up for it. Apart from, but poor Kenneth Connor, he was never. I know. She was slapped like, him when she thought the snake was him. I know. He seemed nice. Mm-hmm. I think it was more a class thing because he was the assistant. Or rather than so the professor. So beneath her. But then Bill Boozy was hardly. Mm. But then maybe she liked a bit of rough, but proper rough, not a little bit of rough. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Um, Frankie Howard at one point says, My gas has never been so flabbered. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that was something that he'd said before. It gets a cat, Frankie Howard, can I like? But it's definitely something that I've often said, and I vividly remember watching this film. Oh, right. So you think you might have taken it from I might have got film. it from this. I vividly remember watching this film when, believe it or not, can, much as we've enjoyed it, you know, it was like 8 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday night, I think. You think ITV. it's too blatant, don't you? No, and I, it's just like, can imagine if ITV, the big film on, a time when there was only four TV channels, yeah. one of the big films was Carrying On Up The Jungle. It's good though. I know it's it's enjoyable, but again, it's not the Bourne ultimatum, is it? But films weren't in those days. They were by the time I was watching that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But as I say, I vividly remember watching that. But the reason I asked you about the um, storyline is because I kind of thought it took a long time to get going. There was really only. I don't see why we needed that bit about him showing the slides. Well, it, well, otherwise we have to somehow because otherwise it, would they just hear some people in a jungle? It's like, oh, I, what are they doing there? It it could have been quite easily established that they're out on an expedition mm, of some description. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Especially with the ordering know. around of the henchmen, or whatever mm-hmm. they're called, then the bearers. Bearers. Mm-hmm. Then we would have established, yes, there's some mm-hmm. posh people coming to look at stuff because we didn't really establish why they were there until the dinner. Table anyway. dinner scene, yeah. So, but even then, for the dinner scene, we got the information about they're looking for the bird, she's looking for her husband and her son, and then nothing really developed in any of those things until well, they found the tail, she found Terry Scott, then they got captured by the Noshas. So it, it, what it, was your point? It just seemed to take a long time before anything really happened. But you just enjoy the characters till then, don't you? 
No, yeah. I'm not going to have that criticised. Alright. I like the Nosha Chief's costume, the one who was in a mask all the time. Oh, yes. It's very good. I like that. With the sort of hairy grass yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, and I don't know if this borders in a different time, I thought they looked more Aboriginally, Aborigine than African. Oh, with the, the way their face paint was applied. Yes, huh? and also... Uh, the way they walked, and even the grass skirt thing, and the, mm. um, or you know Polynesian or or something like that, but I think maybe in those days all of this was generic one, mm-hmm. you know, native look. You're either native yeah. Indian or your your native jungle. Um, what I thought was interesting was they had to match them to the... At one point, they used stock footage for them coming over the hill. For them, like, coming over the hill. Oh, yeah. And it's like, they had to match that stock footage. And they... the in that, that what Whatever that bit it? of film was, was that... But maybe that film was made at Pinewood, and they had those costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They dug that big hole. That was quite an interesting set as well, mm. the big hole being dug. But you can see that coming from miles. That they were going to get caught in the hole. Yeah. I didn't really see that coming. To oh, did honest. you not? No. Bless you. No. Um, bit of a callback to at one point a callback to carry on up the Kaiba when um, the natives who had been afraid of the jungle boy stopped being afraid of him because he was wearing underwear, mm-hmm. which was a, the storyline uh, of, yeah, of yeah. up the Kaiba. Ah, that's a bit tenuous. Mm-hmm. And uh, satire. I'm I, I really now noticing every bit of satire that comes in. Um, one that might have been a bit unintentional was when okay, what are they going to? Frankie Howard says to Sid James, "What are they going to do to us, the Norshas? Um Well, they're going to eat us. But we are British subjects," <laughs> he says. To which Sid James says, "Oh yeah, don't worry about that. These people have got no taste." And it's like, oh, that's quite yeah. Cutting, yeah. um, and then Joan Sims's uh, "Forward with Labour," which was a Labour slogan. Oh, uh, was it? Um, which and we know the politics with the carry-ons is uh, to, towards the right. Um, oh, was it? Oh yeah, well, I think. Oh, you there's, there's, there's a film coming up that I think. But will when you say carry-ons, you mean as in the production? Yeah. Yeah, but Joan herself. Do you think that was a little bit of a rebellious thing? Well, no, because no, she said it in a sort of sarcastic way, as if oh, this is what forward with Labour means, doesn't oh, it? Because that's what they were carrying the men. Right, okay. Uh, I may be reading too much into it, I know that, but mm. um, certainly that one about these people have got no taste, you know, as if they'll, they'll even eat us, mm. was like, yeah, perhaps not quite as great as we thought, mm. eh? Um, perhaps current events are uh, creeping into my thoughts on that. Um Another bit I liked was Terry Scott's uh, Wiley Coyote moment when he had oh, the cattle well, all set up. Oh, yes, and he couldn't cut them. But, well, I, was, I saw that coming. It was like, okay, he's a little bit of a hey, he's really shinned up that tree really well. <laughs> well, he's a bit mad. That's what we've established from it. So, well, he's still a fit man. Is he deed? Yes. Okay, he's not a fit man then. <laughs> but you can imagine him being an old fox. Tell me more about your desire for Terry Scott. <laughs> oh, you said yourself he was quite. He was quite, yeah, he was. Um, uh, shall we discuss Charles Hawtrey 
um, is Terry Scott's father when he's only 10 years older than him. I do think generally there wasn't enough age gap to... What, between Terry Scott and Joan Sims, who was three years younger yes. than him, <laughs> who was his mother? But he was meant to be 20. Yeah, 20 years. Be 20 years, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of those women, those women couldn't then have been Charles Hawtrey's kids, could they? Because they were all over 20, or at least about 20. Mm. So maybe the youngest ones could Yeah, but and there was them. talk about him not actually doing the job that they yeah, were maybe, wanting him to do. Yeah, that's why he needed to stop. Yeah, and so maybe they were, so, you know. They I love that we're thinking about the morality of, well, of it. Yeah. So, uh, let's have a quick run through of the cast what we thought of them, etc. There's not many of them. Frankie Howard as Professor Inigo Tinkle. I'm, oh. good. I'm glad he turned, turned down the Frankie. What's your favourite character name? Oh, what were they called? Uh, Frankie Howard as Professor Inigo Tinkle. St James is Bill Boozy. Charles Hawtrey is Walter Bagley or the Great Tonka. Uh, Joan Sims is Lady Evelyn Bagley. Terry Scott is the Jungle Boy. Kenneth Connor is Claude Chumley. Bernard Breslow is Upsy Daisy. Jackie Piper is Miss June. And Valerie Leon as leader of the Lovey Dovies. I do quite like Kenneth Connor's name. Claude Chumley. But I think Frankie Howard has. Professor Ringo Tinkle. I like Opsy Daisy, I think, more. Oh, no, it's two in the night garden. All right, okay. So, um, who lives from the cast of Carry On Up the Jungle? I'm hoping that woman at the end. Valerie Leon, yes. And June. Jackie Piper, yes. Um, What did you think of Valerie Leon? Actually, getting proper acting, speech parts, and everything. She was. A, it didn't fit. She was a bit posh. She was a bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Patsy Stone. Patsy Stone. The actress who plays. Uh, uh, oh, Joanna Lumley. She, she was a bit Joanna Lumley. Presumably, she'd been taught her English by Charles Hawtrey. It's still. <laughs> I see things and you look at me as if it's like, why are you telling me that? Yeah. So, um, we all, as you said, we also watched this... Um, uh, we're in for a long one. We're still not finished. Guys. No, we're not finished because we're going to have a, just a brief... I thought this would be a good point. Here we are. You've watched about 10% of the carry-ons now. <laughs> it's not. It's more than 10%. <laughs> to have a quick look back... Is on this half-term report? On the films as a whole, this but also on the ones since we uh, since we last did this. When did we last do this? Well, let's. I'll tell you that in a minute. Okay. Um, I just want you to tell me what are the best ones so far. Uh the ones that stick in my mind. Excuse me. Um, Carry on, regardless, has always been quite a fun one mm-hmm. for me. Um, which else did I like? Even just tell Chloe. Me. Chloe. Um. Not Chloe. Cleo. Cleo. <laughs> Have you um, been watching other films called Carry On Something <laughs> behind my back? <laughs> yeah, the worst ones. Um, you can tell which ones you don't like, you didn't like as well. I think I probably like Sergeant right at the beginning as well. The medical ones, I think, are good. I think they all just merge into one in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think any stand out in particular for that. Um, I didn't like the one on the boat. The, Cruising. No, the pirate one. Jack. Um, Cruising, I, I was okay. What was the one early on where Kenneth Connor was in love with the woman over the counter? 
That was Sergeant. Was that Sergeant? Yeah. Okay. Um, is, uh, we'll, we'll come back to that as well, but just uh, think about this. Are, if, if Carry On Sergeant hadn't been made when it was made, or Carry On, or one of the early ones, and was the next one that we watched, it was in colour, etc., would it seem like it was the same series of films now? Or has it changed? I think it's dotted about a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the one that we've just saw, seen mm-hmm. is much more in, in line with its, its course, the original ones. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I know it went foreign and we've had a few of them, but, um, but I didn't... Well, obviously the Christmas special was just wrong. Um, <laughs> you liked it, though. I liked it, but it wasn't uh, the right setup. Uh-huh. Um, but... There have been others. I mean, even Chloe and... <laughs> Chloe again. Yes, yeah, Chloe for the rest of lives. Um, and, and some of the bigger ones. The bigger ones? More, uh, what was the one you said? Uh, the Kyber. And, oh, up the Kyber. Up the Kyber. Carry on, Cleo. These ones. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't think hark back enough to the original sergeant format. Right. Um, so it, it, I wouldn't say it's all moved away in one direction. I say mm-hmm. some have been a far away from it, and some have been closer. And I think mm-hmm. if this, if the jungle was immediately after sergeant, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have felt like a big gear change. Okay. So the last time we did this was after Carry On Spying. So since then, we've seen Cleo, mm-hmm. Cowboy. Oh, I didn't like that one. Screaming. No, I didn't like that. Don't Lose Your Head. Oh, no, that was quite interesting. Follow That Camel. No, I think I got upset with that one, didn't I? Doctor. Uh, it's one of the medics. Up the Caver. Mm. Camping. Oh, the traditional. Again, Doctor. Yeah, Carry on Christmas yeah. and up the jungle. Okay. Can you list the ones before that? Uh, sergeant, nurse, teacher, oh, teacher, constable, regardless, cruising, cabbie, jack, spying. Yeah, so that's all in a different set, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, um, so what are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who the Prime Minister is? <laughs> Um, I'm very tired. What, what I'm asking you is I'm very tired of the carry-on. <laughs> what I'm asking you is how have the films changed? Um, what's what's changed from those? As you said, there's like there seems to be a set yeah, of no, one thing right. and set of another. I think not just in the the physical color of them. They've got more colorful. They've got foreign sets or. Mm-hmm. Strange things happen, where, whereas I think the first set were very domestic, very your life. There's mm-hmm. teaching, there's hospital, there's cabbie, there's mm-hmm. sergeant. It it was, it's Britain, but like home counties, Britain, Britain mm-hmm. and not much more. And then it got bigger to be foreign and historic and all these other mm-hmm. things. So it's a completely different flavour. Mm-hmm. It kind of got spicy. Is it spicy? Is it spicy? Um... And variety is a spice of life. It is. I thought that was oregano. 
Um, so who needs to be in a film to make it a carry-on? I don't think that there's necessarily anyone that has to be there. Right. But there has to have at least three or four of the core. So who are the core? Who do, when, when these films start, who are you going, oh, please let this guy be in it. Please let her be in it. Right, well, there's Charles Hawtrey. Uh-huh. Sid James. Yep. Joan Sims. Mm-hmm. Hattie Jakes. Mm-hmm. Butterworth or Connor. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard Breslau. Bernard Breslau and Jim Dale. And Jim Dale. They are the core. Are they you, are the core. You're saying you're letting Terry Scott come into the core. Yeah, no, I you're like him. Towards it, but it? I wouldn't say he would make it a carry-on film on his own, whereas all the mm-hmm. others, maybe not on their own, but mm-hmm. would be part of that. I mean, if you think back to, like, Jack had Kenneth Williams and Charles Hawtrey. Mm. That was it. And, we, and, I, and we didn't like it. But they, yes, but they needed, I mean, they, those two have the weight to uh-huh. make you think where all the carry on people. They held it enough on their own. So is where, there a whereas, league of those people? Whereas Terry Scott wouldn't have. Right. Because even though I like him and I think he's more in tune with, with the core, he, he is not the core. Right. So Terry Scott and Peter Butterworth and a whole lot of other folk, that's not a carry on. Yeah. Sid James and Joan Sims and a whole other folk. Mm, possibility. Be, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But I think you need three. <laughs> three there must be. Always three there are. Yes. Okay. And um, your favourites? I've really said this regardless. No, your favourite people. Oh, um. Charles Hawtrey. Charles Hawtrey. Joan Sims. Joan Sims. Jim Dale. Mm-hmm. Babs. She hasn't been in it enough to know. Um, Has it been what you expected? I know you probably can't remember back to what it was like. I had no expectations. I expected to see Barbara Windsor in a tiny bikini because that's all I remembered from my childhood. You've seen that now. Um, Now, I think, I mean, now we're getting to the real um, raunchy stuff. But that's what I remember as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as, a, as an early adolescent, it was all very um, hilariously wrong. Um, but certainly the older ones are nothing like what I would mm-hmm. think of as a character before. Would you recommend them to people? No. <laughs> Why no, not? They're too... very marmite. You don't know who's going to like them and who's going to not like them. Well, would you say if somebody said to you, if somebody said to you about okay, mention the carry-ons? Would you say it's worth giving them a go? You might like them, you might not. Yeah, no, I'd probably Which say that. Which one would you watch that would give you the? Don't you have to start at the beginning? No, you well, kind of But how are you going to like? To how to win for fans and influence people? How what what film do you show them? To, to so, show them the best of the carry-ons, regardless? No, nah, I think I just like that one. I'm not yeah. sure everyone else would do. Camping? Um, maybe camping. Maybe. Remind me. I'm surprised that you said you had such a character, don't lose your head. Yeah. Um, Cleo? 
I'll, I'll just keep mentioning ones. Cabby. I like. I. I didn't. I. I wouldn't show a historic one for that. So I'm trying oh, to think right. of the non-historic ones. Doctor. Probably a medic one because that's quite cool. I think Doctor's better than again Doctor. Mm-hmm. In terms of. Doctor the one with the daffodil up the ass. No, that's nurse. Oh, I, no. Would you show them about? See, I would. I would never think about showing somebody a black and white film to try and entice them. I would think yeah. you, can, you need to start in colour. I forget that they're black and white because oh, I like them. Interesting. Interesting too. Yeah. So the question remains. Then you enjoyed it a lot. Back of course, I'm going to do more. Shall we carry on? Let me yeah. ask the question. Let me ask the question. <laughs> So, uh, all that remains then is to say, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, to tell us what you think of the carry-ons or the podcast or anything like that, um, or to explain the joke that I didn't get, I didn't understand why it worked tonight. Remember what that one was? No. Um, there was a joke in it that was... It was about TomTom being the, uh, CEO or being the, the head of the company. Oh, yes, that's the... When Charles Hawtrey is the king, yeah. he's called TomTom or Tonka, something like that. Tonka, the great Tonka. And someone says, oh, so you must be the head of the company now. Yeah. And you didn't understand. Anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so by email, uh, carryonpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, at carryonpodcast is our handle. Um, So all that remains to say is join us the next time when we carry on up the missus. Bye. Bye. Carry on. (laughs) Regardless.